This is the Building Walls Podcast, episode number 58, recorded October 26th, 2021. Chappelle, Shots, and DeSantis. Oh my! If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. This is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh no, this is Oh, you switched on me. This is my wife, this is my sister. They switched on me. The best way to get something done, if you... If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Mr. President, can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive no, away? No, you can't. So <laughs> Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, a majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. Do not come. Do not come. I'm gonna come. Let's go. Let's start another episode of the Building Walls Podcast. Welcome, Mr. Dayton. The Thank you. Himself. I appreciate being here. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> We got our special illustrious guest with a great backdrop going on there, Mr. Jason Pulliam. I, it it looks so legit with what you got going on. I swear we're on your show right now. This is not. This is the Jason Pulliam show. You know what? I just wow, want to make broker sure extraordinary. as good as you do. That's all. Oh, did we lose your volume? You lost no. me. No, I got him there. Okay. Ah. Uh. I just didn't hear a word he said. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll be okay. your translator. Perfect. As we're going through the show here. I mean, like, uh, not Jason like said to... he loves you. He said you're a great co-host. And let's start the show. <laughs> okay. Is that going to be like one of those old kung fu movies? You know, where we're like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, he, likes to punch you. he likes you a lot. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's awesome. gonna it's it's gonna be like a let's go Brandon chant. Dude, I got something special. <laughs> you know, know instead they're saying something else. Let's go, Brandon. Right here. Yeah. Oh, he's got the shirt on. Let's go. Let's go, Brandon. Speaking of let's go, Brandon, let's start the show off hot with Joe Biden. I mean, practically molesting little kids. No one's no one's gonna call it that, but if your genitalia is resting on the heads of ele- or of preschoolers, we have issues. Look! Look Serious at that photo. Issues. What is he? Like, why is he cup on her chin and her head is right in his crotch? The kid looks like she that just wants to break for freedom. Possible, for, I mean, like seriously, like I don't even understand what is our president doing. And you know what? That's it. Hashtag not my president. And why is everyone okay with this? In <laughs> is that, that how it works? Yeah. How are there people not like? Uh, hey, what are you doing? Cue this video up too. So this is another kid that he's just straight. Holy right God, over. Look at- Oh, look at that. Oh. Look at that one. 
You know, I knew that Gator Armin was bad in a football match. But why does he have to touch the kid? It's just weird. It's like it's so you know having dementia is nothing, nothing good. But come on, man, what's going on here? Why? No why is nobody stopping that? There, there's no real good explanation for that. It's it's just weird. It's creepy. You can do your photo op at the school. You don't have to touch a kid. You don't have to stand with your balls on the kid's head. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have said it more elo eloquently myself. <laughs> but for real, you know, like, and his and his arm is so he's not even extending his arm to point the kid. Like, dude, why don't you step back or go off to the side of the kid? Like, I don't even want to do that with my own kids. If my own little three year old girl gets too close, I'm like, Harper, that's not what we do. Like, back away. Yeah, this is something that's definitely avoidable. We don't have to do that. You know, Mr. President, you are the president. The kids will just say, wow, you're here. We can't believe you're here. You don't have to make it a really weird, touchy-feely experiment. It's cringy. I don't know what's going on there. But that, you know, the second thing that we have, go from one person of the executive team, if you want to call it, to the next and it's almost crazy how I feel like the Democratic Party just race baits. Kamala Harris goes and speaks to 300 black churches. And this is such like a they have to tell everyone about it that, oh, my God, she's going to speak to 300 black churches ahead of the Virginia governor election. Right. Why does it have to be that? Why do we have to talk about that? We can't talk about the other stuff that that she's doing. Right. I think it's more I mean, for uh, appearances than anything else. Um, I, I they don't literally let her come outside until she <laughs> serves a purpose. Some of the stuff that she says or does, it just doesn't come across mm -hmm. very well, but um, they don't let her come outside until they want her to do some kind of uh, photo op to appeal to what well, I guess black voters because everybody was so excited that she got elected. Yeah. I mean, Jason, you're obviously a black man and uh, we totally didn't talk what? about this ahead of Hold time. Which... <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm having audio difficulties, but like that's what I know. It's shocking, isn't it? It's a surprise, right? I don't, I thought we weren't allowed to be friends. Yeah. Everyone involved who listens to this show, we have black friends. We know black people that we converse with, uh, but I mean, when you see when you see things like like this, Jason, and this isn't the only thing that they say. Like, how how do you view things like this? What do you mean? Like, you know, were they were they were, were they pander to specific races or to uh, specific groups of people just because because they're trying to get a vote? I feel like this is all for theater. Uh, some people need have the need to be convinced and you have to give them just enough that they feel like they're a part of the process. Otherwise you have 
disenfranchised people and disenfranchised people um, are liable to mob, burn and pillage, I guess. I, I can't see any other reason for it. Yeah, I mean, it's just wild that they continue on this on this path and they don't, you know, th- it's like you said, they always try to make things like this into a photo op. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're trying to preach a certain narrative, just go and do it. If you're trying to help a certain community or a certain race, just go and do it. Right. Don't tell us that you're going to do it. Actually do it. Because according to the stats, well, I think that they, they feel just, guilty about it. I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think that's a problem. I think that, you know, every administration feels guilty to say that I am helping this group of people for whatever reason, because then you're not everybody's president. You're only that group of people's president. And that turns voters off and you might not get their money and their support again. But the reality is that would probably make people a lot more comfortable with the candidate to say, hey, this guy is actually saying what he's going to do. And he does that. But there's no problem with helping other people or specific groups as long as you don't help them so much that you ignore all the other Americans. Because we're all Americans. But if one group gets support while others watch, we're just looking for it to be at least slightly fair and balanced. Right. Chris, I see you laughing over there. I assume you still can't hear him for some reason. Uh, yeah. No, it's like <laughs> barely audible. And I don't know if this is just the matrix coming through once oh. again, making sure I can't hear what Agent J. Pull is saying, you know, on the on the hot show here. But where what? were we? You, you can hear him now, right? Well, last I heard was, you know, we have a black guy on the show. That's all I heard. Yeah, there, yeah. Newsflash. There's a black guy on the show. Awesome. He has to be wearing black. I With th- a black I think... backdrop. It's like what's With a black backdrop. I'm, I'm telling you, the only thing that's missing is a cup of black coffee. With some Ooh. Baileys in it, right? Dude, you're, you're, you're on that Baileys kick. <laughs> yeah, I called Chad this morning and I said, hey. You know how you start your day off? Nice big cup of coffee. Makes the day a little bit better if it's got some Baileys in it. And like our good friend Chris Deal always says, you can't drink all day if you don't start early. You know, you want to get ahead early. You just have to. You guys are heathens. (laughs) Heathens, I tell you. Just Tuesday. (laughs) So, Chris, to get back into it here, glad we got the audio fixed. Thanks. I mean, you know, talking about being in preschools and Uncle Joe's touching kids, Kamala Harris pandering to the community. I mean, what is going on in Virginia right now? So parents in Loudoun County, which is getting a lot of stuff lately, right? That dad almost got thrown out or arrested, whatever he was doing for the CRT teaching. And now parents have to sign an NDA like form in order to view the curriculum in Loudoun County for a public school. What is going on? Well, Um, that's out of control. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I think one of the biggest mistakes that uh, anyone in the left in the democratic party has done recently is actually audibly use the phrase uh, parents shouldn't have a role in what public schools teach. 
And the incumbent there, governor, said that from stage into a microphone for everyone to hear. Yeah, not even hiding it. Not even hiding it. Not even behind the doors like, hey, we're not going to let parents tell us what to do, blah, blah. But it actually comes out on TV and in a debate and says, yeah, I don't think that you know parents should have a say-so in what is taught at the public schools because the public schools have professionals and you know this is our curriculum and this is our our you know way of doing things and it's just so fundamentally wrong it i again just ask the question when did we become co-parents with the government the state yeah when did that happen um it, it didn't but i think that people have given way too much power to the government and and not taking enough responsibility um the the point that came when people decided to not think for themselves uh created all the problems in the world that we have today and there are no free thinkers and to start at such an early age and think about it if you think it started an early enough age by telling everybody else what they should do like when they're kids then you create exactly the kind of environment that you want to have It's indoctrination at an early age you can't see it until you sign the nda once you sign the nda now we'll give you our course curriculum well what if i didn't like your course curriculum what if your course curriculum is is based on joseph stalin or ayn rand i you know (laughs) but i don't know that until i sign it and what what is what are they trying to, I mean, an NDA is a non-disclosure, you know, agreement. I'm just, I'm baffled. I'm really shocked that this is what it's come to in this day and age. I mean, it's 2021. And how are we in this fight for freedom? Once again, once again, we have people who are trying to control us. And quite frankly, it's appalling that is happening right now. And our generation is having to deal with this. But if people don't wake up, I I mean, what would happen? So I'm going to sign your NDA and then you put in there all this crap. I'm going to show and sue you. I'm going to go follow up and galvanize, you know, the rational people of the world. What are you going to do? You're going to say, well, you weren't allowed. um, You weren't allowed to do that. Excuse me, you signed an NDA. You know what I think about your NDA? You can take that thing, you can crumble it up, you can bend over, and I'll shove it straight up your ass. How's that? So there's your NDA. Here's the thing when you talk about this this stuff, is the Freedom of Information Act, right? Which is a federal act, gives any citizen the right to any federal agency records, to public records, and different things like that. Right. So if they're trying to sue you for things like this, sue them first or counter sue, because what they're doing is not legal. I don't it's think not. that's all there is. They to know it. what legality is anymore. I mean, legality has now become so subjective. It's uh, right. I pay keep track of. So people pay taxpayer dollars for their kids to learn at a public school. And then are told that they can't know what their kids are learning unless they sign an NDA disclosure, saying that they can be sued if they don't like or if they share the information that their kids are learning. Like, 
pass that through a brain cell, right? Say that three times out loud to yourself and see if it makes any sense. Does it pass the logic test? So you want parents to sign an agreement so that they can see what their kids are learning. And if they share that information, if they record it, if they take pictures of it and share what their kids are learning at a public school, they can be sued for it. So if you're ever worried about what people might like when businesses have you sign an NDA, do they have you do that because they're afraid about what you might share? Yeah, right. They don't want their competition to know their secrets. So they make you sign an NDA. If you're not scared about it, why are you signing an NDA? Agreed. There's what the not, hell is going on? There's not proprietary secrets that they're trying to protect themselves from. Right. What they're trying to do is cover their asses because what they're what they have to offer is garbage. And um, because it's garbage, they want to keep that from getting out until they get enough people enrolled because there's still a public school system if i'm not mistaken they get state dollars for the number of enrollees that they have if this is really a free market system and then people will vote with their wallets and send their kids to another school system or a a a private school system where there's no no trickery you're paying for exactly what you expect to get some kind of a quality education um, and, you know, transparency with the process and the ability to be involved with the school system if you want. So you're going to lose that um, in situations like this. And I think that the market will speak uh, in regards to will this thing, uh, this abomination be allowed to go forward? Well, you know, Jason, we're both in real estate. You're a broker here in Michigan. Uh and we've worked together. And so we know that one of the number one derivatives of value comes from the school districts, you know, where families want to bring their kids to an area so that their kid can have a good education. Uh, And there's a lot of school districts. I mean, in Southeast Michigan, there's a ton of school districts, you know, Uh, every little city has their own, you know, system, so to speak. And, I guess, what's your take on how are they going to handle this if everybody shifts to wanting to, um, you know, go private or everything? Because we pay taxes. That's part of the tax base that pays for the schools to be good, which helps property values. Mm. Um, You know, you're going to have your amount of people who shift and go in a different direction. Some people are going to go private, those who can afford it. You're going to have others that will stretch to try to make it happen and hats off to them. Um, the other folks are, you know, vast majority of them are just going to accept it because they don't feel that they have any other choices based off of what their economic limitations may or may not be. Um, the, the other people who are in that same income bracket or said, there's no way you're running me out of my school district. Those are the people that are going to band together and they will challenge it. And you have as much uh, law in this country as you can afford. You know, it will be the United States of America for the next few years going forward. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do anything about it. Everybody is so polarized on so many issues that um, I've seen at least one school board get slapped with a $200 million class action suit. 
and that was over mandates and um, class policies. So you're going to see more of that, and I don't think that this is going to be immune to it. Is that is that how you defeat taxes? You take a class action lawsuit against the school board so they have to pay that money back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the anti-tax, right? I mean, the only thing that you can do is hit them in the pockets. It might it's going to cost you the headache going forward, but yeah, you might get around a few issues there. When did the the schools decide that um, we work for them and that they don't work for us? Well, the they've parents. been doing it for years, right? And now, and now they're just telling everybody about it. <laughs> I mean, they did it before, but anything crazy seems to have been, you know, emboldened by the current environment. And I think that um, everything has to exist in some kind of a balance. As the pendulum swings to one extreme, it has to go back the other way. At some point, we will be in the middle again. And these hot tempers and crazy ideas will fall to the wayside because enough people will say, you're out of your damn mind. Go sit down somewhere. We're not doing that. You yeah. cost us too much money. Yeah, the, the adults need to get back in charge here. And I don't know where uh, how we got off track, but I'm, I'm very perplexed because, you know, I have an 11-year-old daughter. Uh, she's in the public school district. Uh, I've had to meet with her teachers throughout the years and even some of the administration and everybody seems very reasonable. And I guess I just want to know, like, are all the teachers on board with, you know, this, this curriculum, this idea of indoctrination, do they understand what they're doing or do they understand their role in the relationship between a family and that they're they're being tasked with uh, delivering a certain level of education for that family. I don't understand because it seems like the teachers I meet with are really nice people. They're great. They're down to earth. Uh, and I just want because this stuff, the stuff that's happening right now, is maniacal. It's insane. And I just want are like are all the te- it's kind of like. Uh, maybe there's just a handful of really bad teachers who are trying to hijack this ship. And why are we giving them all the credence? It's not all teachers are bad. Just like a handful of really bad cops or a handful of really bad, whatever, right? Doctors that, yeah, the, the media will take this narrative and they push it and they push it and they push it. Just like the media would want you to believe that, you know, there's crazy people, people shooting other people with guns everywhere or that there's you know racism is so rampant in the u.s i mean how many people are affected with that on a day-to-day basis i'm not saying it doesn't happen it 100 percent does but the media will continue to push narratives to make you believe that you know parents everywhere should just be okay with this stuff right or that it's or that it's not even really happening Well, I think it's the loudest voice, you know, the loudest voice in the room is the one that everybody is going to defer to. And the uh, the people who that that Chris mentioned, um, they don't want to do what's happening. But you have a lot of good people who are under some kind of pressure or threat. If you, you know, say any of your crazy don't 
uh, do what we're doing ideas, then your job is in jeopardy. And that's the first thing that they always do. You know, when people who have the microphone don't want you to talk, they'll threaten to cancel you. They'll take your money away. Your job is at risk, like everybody's job is right now. And that is usually enough to make most people go dead silent. And it's unfortunate. But again, that is the extreme. And we have to swing back towards the middle. Must. But there has to be enough people to take that stand because most people, like you said, Jason, aren't going to do it. They're just going to be silent. But I've what I've found in my life is that if you get enough people uh, in a situation like that where it's, people stand up and they, there's like one person who's like, no, that's not right. And somebody else goes, yeah, I kind of agree with that. That's not right. And then like three or four and all the people who are silent, who are scared are like, yes. Thank Southwest. God someone is saying something because something Southwest needs to Airlines, be done. right? Exactly. Southwest, perfect mm -hmm. example. Is that they were like, no, we're not doing this. We're not, it's not right. It's well, not right. what you'll what you'll come what you'll come what you're coming up against is uh people are getting their backs pushed against a wall and they're coming out of a bag swinging. And they should, because if you've been threatened with everything that you need to survive um being put at risk and you're facing impossible choices what what option do you have but to fight like hell you know okay fly a plane without a pilot let's see you do it teach a class without any <laughs> teachers let's see you do it. how about this one police a city without any police officers you'll use social workers instead let's see you do it council yeah, hey, person jason i just yep. i really need you to put down your gun right now yeah, I'm I know it's dangerous, office. but please just put down your gun. It's dangerous weapon. Don't be like Alec and start <laughs> blasting people. And please check the chamber first, Jason. <laughs> I mean, you, you're so right. What are they going to do? Is that how they're going to talk? Like, I, I know I you're so. feeling hurt right now. I know you're feeling hurt inside, but please don't kill anybody. Yeah, you know, we had that just happened a couple of days ago. Um, it was Friday, and there was a barricaded gunman who was wanted for murder. Somebody, the, the police saw him at a gas station. He ran to a house. They surrounded the house and cordoned off the neighborhood and sent in hostage negotiators and social workers. I, I mean, the guy still offed himself. He knew what was going to happen. There was no way he yeah. was getting out of it free. So he decided to not get out of it alive and, you know, not go to jail. So the mm. hostage negotiators and the social workers did fail. But when you try to do these crazy things, limit policies, get rid of police, you know, as soon as Atlanta did that, one of the council members had their car stolen the next day. And they were one of the ones that <laughs> voted to the very next day. I saw it driving away. So, I mean, I've listened, and I think you first told me about it, Chris. The book, uh, what is it called? Never Split the Difference, right? Mm -hmm. So that guy is a trained hostage negotiator. Chris Voss is his name. Mm -hmm. And if you think that a social worker is going to even come close to what he knows, to what he learned... 
to be able to now, so as a hostage negotiator, you're typically not putting yourself directly in the line of fire. So now you're going to ask people who are not trained like that to put themselves directly in the line of fire, potentially, because if there's no police and there's only social workers, who's going to be there to protect you? How about this one for a thought? Who asked the social workers if they wanted to be <laughs> in this role? If I was a social worker, I'd be pissed. I don't <laughs> want to go right? and talk the guy out who is intent on murdering his girlfriend and her kids. I, I don't want to talk to him. I want to make sure that whoever is in need of housing assistance or food assistance, I can help those people. If there is a kid that uh, is in a home that's abusive, I'd like to help that kid if I'm sure. a social worker. I don't want to go and talk to the guy who's intent on killing and taking one more with him. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, Chris, let's just get into it. You got a rant coming up. You got some stuff over. to talk about. I know you're just you're just waiting for that moment. We'll do it live. <laughs> Gonna do it live. Inaugural episode, October 26th, 2021. No edits. The live rant. <laughs> Uh-oh. So hide guys, your kids, hide your wife. Here we go. I mean, <laughs> seriously. You you even mentioned it, Chad. And I honestly. I'm beside myself when I heard this story that Alec Baldwin shot somebody and then they died. Literally, the guy who's the most anti-gun on the planet, constantly tweeting things about, you know, gun control and how we need to take away the guns and everything. You know what my problem is, Chad? And here it comes. I'm, sorry, I'm already feeling it. I can feel my blood pressure going up right now. Is I'm over the hypocrisy. Because that's the problem with these people. And I don't even want to call them the left. I don't even think they're the left. That's not the left anymore. We need a whole new name for these people. Because they're insane. And they're hypocrites. Because here's what it comes down to. It's all about the money, man. So you got a guy like Alec Baldwin who doesn't like guns. He doesn't like people having guns, but yet when it comes to his paycheck, when he needs the money, I'm going to be in a movie and I'm going to use some guns. I'm going to make a movie that has guns in it because it's about the money because you need the job. Why didn't you take a stand there? You could have easily said, I'm not going to do that, but you didn't. Did you Alec? You had to take your job. Maybe it's because you're washed up and you're a piece of crap actor. So nobody really wants to watch anymore. So you just need to get some more money. Or maybe it's because you're on your second or third marriage or whatever number you're on. Or maybe you assaulted another person in New York City while you were just being a total bag. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you up the ante by not only violating your own personal code of ethics and having a gun in a movie for money, but then you picked up a gun, fake or not, but here's rule number one. Rule number one, gun control safety. Don't point a gun at somebody unless you intend to shoot them. The end, you don't point guns at people. You don't do it. And by the way, I have a question. You're on a movie. You're in a movie. It's a prop gun, right? Why are you pointing Allegedly. it at a, Why are you pointing it at a director? They're not an actor. They're not in the scene. 
Why'd you point it at an actor? Why'd you point it at or, or point it at uh, the director and then pull the trigger? Why are you pulling the trigger pointing at somebody who's not in the movie, not in the scene? I, this is insane. But that's the left. That's what these people do. They'll do it for money. And then they'll tell you, oh, I'm so heartbroken. I'm so heartbroken. Well, you know what? We're heartbroken too. You know why? Because you're an idiot. And we're done with the idiots telling us how to do things. I can't take it anymore. The adults need to show up and they need to lead. We need to gather up together and we need to say enough is enough. Like you're not qualified, Alec Baldwin, and anybody else who's that dumb. Everybody listens to this. I hope this goes viral. If you have a gun, you don't point it at people unless you intend to shoot them. And then you shoot to kill. It's for self-defense. The guns are not the problem. It's the idiots that are the problem. It's the idiots like Alec Baldwin that make it a problem. And it's, by the way, it's the idiots like Alec Baldwin that make me carry a gun so that I can shoot you. Got it? Rant over. Quite the rant. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how many people out there who own guns and have guns have ever accidentally shot someone. Um, few. Yeah, the number is significantly low. And it's just, you know, if you're going to be so against low. guns, like you said, Chris, you figured that you would learn about guns, right? Yeah. If you're, if someone's going to give me a gun, I'm going to check to see if it's loaded. I'm going to check to see if there's one in the chamber. I'm going to drop the magazine and see what's going on there, right? Because yeah. I don't know what someone's giving me. This is a weapon that can potentially take another life i'm not taking that weapon unless i know what's inside of the weapon right so even though it's a terrible terrible thing that happened you know if you're gonna be so against it don't be a hypocrite right why don't you go learn about it because like you said chris owning a gun is about self-defense they don't want to. They want to make money and they want to tell you what to do. That's the left. That should be their new platform. We're mm. going to make all, we're going to take all your money and we're going to tell you what to do. Vote, I mean, vote for us. Yeah. Jason, you were a police officer, right? Right. You've had plenty of dealings with weapons and handguns, pistols, things like that. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think that, uh, this is one of those situations where irony caught up with Alec Baldwin. And um, he, it's ironic that he was in the movie where he shoots somebody and he didn't just shoot one person. He shot one, the, the, the prop girl, I believe. And then the director who was behind her, it was a through and through. And um, so you he just shot two him. people. Yeah. And I mean, I think he had that lucky, unlucky one in a million shot, but um, there there was a fair amount of ignorance there um, on his part for not knowing that it was a real firearm uh, and not checking it himself. And that film set, that studio, they're going to get sued out of existence because they didn't make sure that that was not a blank that that was a blank and not an actual live round so you know i get it hollywood 
you know, don't have the, the gun that shoots a million bullets before you reload it, uh, movie magic and, you know, one shot, one kill. Okay, fine. But somebody didn't do their work and make sure that they were knowledgeable about what they had in their hand. Somebody else didn't do the work to make sure that it was a proper firearm. It was checked. It was what it was supposed to be. It was not anything else. Why not have a prop gun? Why not have a gun that had the firing pin removed? You know, anything so that there was no possibility that these two people, unfortunately, would have to join the ranks of Brandon Lee and other artists who were shot on camera because somebody missed a detail. And when you're, I've been dealing with firearms for over 20 years, and you have one chance to make a mistake with a firearm you know, and you don't forget it. Usually other people don't either. Amen. Right. Yeah. I, our resident well, firearm, our resident firearm expert, Mr. Jason Pulliam. You know, that's your service. What I would say is, Jason, you and I, we've gone to uh, the range together uh, and actually uh, fired off lots of, we, we did target practice. We did a lot of things. And I know that we switched guns, you know, and you, you, and shot my gun you and shared a couple of your weapons that you were there and wouldn't you know it i remember distinctly that when you're passing a gun around every time we checked safety check like hey yep there's one in the round there's this is yep. live it's ready to go you know you're checking you don't yep. just take it for granted and you sure sh i almost said it but uh yep. you sure <laughs> I as it. Oh, held it back live <laughs> i appreciate you yeah, you, you never point you the gun. Point. You never, never sweep the gun in front of anything that is not your target. You keep guns always pointed down range, and you know whether it's loaded or not. You always understand what you're because a gun is just a tool. You're not going to just haphazardly run around with a hammer and just flail it and think <laughs> that nothing's going to happen. The gun is no different. You have to understand how it works and what your role is with it in your hand. So that if you take the fear out of guns and put some knowledge back in, you avoid mistakes like this. Preach. That's it. Yep. So, mm. you know, speaking of police officers and stuff, let's let's move on this this <laughs> this rant topic <laughs> to our wholesome story. This wholesome story is a little different. It is a great story. Uh, kind of teeters on the line of it doesn't kind of teeter on the line it it is right there in the line of politics and this is so awesome i think governor desantis is offering well so he's trying to sign this into legislation it's america's governor yeah he, he he's trying to sign into legislation that the state of florida will offer a five thousand dollar bonus to any police officer who's lost their job because of a state mandate or whatever else to relocate to Florida and be a police officer in Florida. How awesome is that? That's great. Like, th this is what we should be doing, right? Let's stop paying pe people who don't want to work and let's start paying people who do want to work. 
Now I have to ask, do you believe do you believe DeSantis when he's saying that it's not related to a COVID-19 issue? It, it, that's what his quote was. It says it'll be available to anyone who comes. If people are saying it's a vaccine issue, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. Do you, do you believe him on that? Yeah. I mean, so there is the whole fact of what you were talking about, Jason. They're trying to hire social workers and stuff like that. But his timing couldn't be more impeccable uh, <laughs> to say that it's not COVID-related uh, at all. I think that um, I think DeSantis is really on top of it. Um, this is really good news. The The question becomes what's, you know, the starting pay and the benefits and then the top out numbers. Um, I respect no that state taxes. That's for sure. It, I mean, that's a great thing, too. You have a lot of reasons to for to, to move to Florida in the first place um, to be a police officer. Let's just say in Chicago or Cook County Sheriff, anybody like that, um, who's under a mandate that I believe it was just this past weekend that the mandate came through, that if you didn't go and get that situation, that you could not report to duty and were in fact fired. A lot of people put in for retirement. A lot of people are quitting. Illinois, uh, or not Illinois, Indiana is recruiting heavily off of that. And for DeSantis to offer this is really great. You know, if the rest of the package is there, he's going to attract a lot of police officers. And, you know, the, at a time like this, when you just came off the heels of uh, defund the police, you know, I know a lot of people have their issues with cops. I've worked with cops that I said, Jesus, you're terrible. <laughs> I do have to say something about your behavior because and, and this is the thing that doesn't get out when you work with a guy who is. You know, not doing the job within the terms of the law and you get he gets caught up he's not going to keep you out of it there's no solidarity there so those bad apples do get caught they do get washed out unfortunately it just never seems to be fast enough for a camera to not catch them violating somebody's civil rights that being said um he's going to attract a lot of people with this if he gets it through a lot of people and Florida is going to be better because of it. Yeah. It seems like he's got uh, just a, a, just a fundamental understanding of what really America is supposed to be, which is freedom of choice. I guess I don't understand like why some of these other States are falling to the side of like, well, we're, we know better than you and we're going to tell you how to live your life. Uh, we're going to tell you what to inject in your body. We're going to tell you what you can have your kid learn at school. We're going to tell you uh, what you can do all the time. And it, that's not freedom. How is that freedom? Absolutely isn't. But here's something else to consider. Um, did you know that a lot of the starting positions for police officers, officers in Wayne County is like 13, 14 bucks an hour with no health benefits so mm. you're going to go do the most dangerous thing possible for the least amount of money no medical insurance certainly no retirement and then then what so when you see an offer like this five thousand for a signing bonus mm, how much does a ticket on spirit airlines cost oh i'm gone it, you will lose your people because the the what the pay is has been a huge problem in law enforcement in Michigan for a long time. You have to be 
Oakland County gets paid better than any most not any most agencies in Wayne County. Uh, Oakland County pays more. Macomb County pays more. Washtenaw pays more. So when you have people that risk their lives to be in service to, to something that most people will spit on, and you have an offer like this, what's what's keeping you here? Right. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to all these mandates, and you know, it's just <laughs> as we get into this next uh, point here, yeah, I always think about what, what we were talking about the last couple of shows ago. If the masks work, why don't they work good? Right. If this if the vaccination is such an important thing and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But if the vaccination is this end all be all like Joe, Joe Biden first said, he said it on camera. It's recorded. If you get the vaccination, you will not get or spread COVID. Right. He did say that. The president of the United States said said that. So you have these people. Like I was listening to another conservative talk radio show. You know he's not allowed to even take questions, right? I mean, there are NFL coaches that take more questions than the president of the United States. We'll get into that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a guy who calls this radio show that I was lis- listening to, and it's blasting the host about, you know, if you're so hell-bent against these vaccination man- mandates – why don't you get upset that kids have to show their vaccinations to go into elementary school, to go into whatever school or to show vaccinations for this? Because the difference is polio can kill children at an alarming rate. And the polio vaccination has been around forever. The COVID exactly. is not killing any kids at any enormous rate. And the vaccination the, the kids actually have a higher chance of dying from the vaccination than they do of dying from COVID. That's how little it's affecting kids. That's why people like me have an issue with it because you're requiring me or my kids in different areas of the country to get vaccinated from something that's not even killing them. That's hasn't even been around for years. So that is the difference, right? COVID is deadly for adults, not kids, just like the flu, oddly enough. But that's not like chicken pox. That's not like polio. That's not like whatever else. I don't even know what kids get vaccinated for anymore. But there's like 41 different things. I mean, Chris, you're getting fired up over there. Let's hear it. Well, I... I, I do. I can't really um, express to you guys how much I disdain uh, the the hypocrisy that is going on. And these people, they again, they just want to control you and tell you what to do. And then they're imposing it on our families. And worse now, they're imposing it on my children, your children, our children. Why? You have to ask why. And when is it okay? When did it become okay that their fear of getting uh, this COVID-19, any variant of it, I understand. I'm not making light of the fact that it is a virus, Uh, but it is like the flu. And I, I really like perspective. And 
Best I can tell. Best I can tell. The vast majority of people who have suffered at the hands of COVID-19 are people who are out of shape, underlying conditions. They uh, didn't take care of their bodies. Uh, it's mostly, and I, I know it's going to be controversial, but you can suck it. I don't care because if you look at it and you can just, you know, chew on it. The fact of the matter is people make bad choices with their health. I haven't been the best with my health, but I've actually worked on it a whole lot in the last two years, a whole lot. And I've gotten my cholesterol and all the tests and all those things in the, you know, uh, nominal range. And I've worked on making sure that I've lost weight and gotten more physical. I take more vitamins. I'm running at optimal levels. And you know what? This isn't rocket science. But you know what? If you're going to go eat McDonald's every single day and you're going to order egg McMuffins for breakfast and then you're going to go, you know, hit Taco Bell for lunch and you're going to continue to just say, well, that's the best I can do. Well, no, it's not the best you can do. And you know it and I know it. And you're susceptible to viruses like this. And the fact of the matter is, I'm still not convinced that it's not uh, biological warfare, that China didn't unleash this on us because we're the fat Americans and it's in the herd. Man, there's a lot of people dying. But you know what? As sad as that is, it doesn't end my freedom, my choice. You don't like it? Don't come near me. I'm not going to tell you if I'm vaccinated or not. I don't disclose that. That's my private, private medical information. I will never tell you if I am or am not. You won't know. The only people who need to know are me and my doctor. The end. And you could speculate, you could be like, oh, it sounds like he doesn't have it. Well, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Here's what I do know. I have had COVID-19 before. That's documented. Everybody knows that. So I guess you'll just have to roll the dice. If you don't want to be around me, don't be around me. You don't want to go to a sporting event that I'm at? Then don't go to the sporting event. But you don't get to tell me what I get to do. You can choose whatever you want to do. If you think that you're going to be affected by going to a concert or going somewhere or going to school, well, then go to a different school. Go to a different concert. Go to a different sporting event. But why are, why are we defaulting to, like, they're telling us and commanding to us, like, somehow, you don't get to do that. This is America. You don't get to do that. Wake up. So let me ask you about that, Chris. Um, what about when someone says that this is the new America? This is what we have to do now. We have to do this to keep ourselves safe. And if you don't like it, then you're just willing to be one of the people that killed grandma. What about that? I didn't kill grandma. Grandma killed herself by being out of shape, fat, had a bunch of problems, and didn't take care of herself. But here's the thing, right? Because... When it comes to things like that, there's very few cases of older people who die from COVID that didn't have other issues, right? If those old people contracted the flu, chances are very likely that they would have passed away from that as well. But they didn't pass away from the flu. They passed away because they had heart disease or cancer. Suddenly right? all of that stuff doesn't seem to exist else. anymore. Right. No one, no one cares. If you don't have COVID, I don't care about you. 
But if you end up in the hospital now, you're going to be, once you go through the door, I've had enough nurses tell me in the last two years, once you go through the hospital doors, you have COVID. And, you know, this isn't about um, safety anymore. This isn't about the proliferation of life. This is about control. No one is concerned with where it came from. It just kind of showed up out of nowhere. And I had COVID. It sucked. It sucked about as much as when I had chicken pox when I was a kid. <laughs> I definitely didn't move around while I had it because it was just that bad. But I didn't die. And I don't think that uh, forcing people to have no choice with this is a reasonable thing to do. And again, just like with the school boards and these parents, you're putting people's backs against the wall and they're going to fight like mad to not be told what to do. Being Not being told what to do is the American way. Having freedom is what the country was based on, and people have forgotten that because they've been told to cower in fear. And the reality is, if you get off of social media, if you get off of cable news, go outside and take a walk, you're not going to die, and you'll be a little bit less afraid because the whole mass thing has become hysteria at this point. You'll see people wearing rubber gloves, a mask, a spit shield, and then they go in their pocket, grab their cell phone, and then they handle their cell phone, put the cell phone back in their pocket, do whatever they're doing in the store at the gas pump, put that down, pick up their keys, go to the car, get in the car, then they take off their gloves. You've handled literally everything. But they leave their mask on. But they leave their mask (laughs) on. So you take your key, you take your gloves off after you've handled everything that might be COVID dirty. And then you go handle your keys and your cell phone that you handled when you had the gloves on. And then you drive away in the car by yourself with the windows rolled up with your mask on. Guys, the problem is the media. And the narrative that they continue to press, and they just people just don't want to accept it. You take Colin Powell, uh, was just in his, he passed away. He's a very great guy, uh, did a lot for our country, uh, one of the top generals. You know, there's a lot going on there with all his awesomeness. And what was the headline? Dies from COVID. Dies from COVID. That's bullshit. He had, he had, he had cancer. He, he had, had Parkinson's cancer. disease. He had multiple things and he was 84. But the headline read, uh, he died from COVID. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds because, because it continues the narrative. Oh, you're killing people. No, maybe it's that Colin Powell was 84 and you got a lot of people die at 84. A lot of people die at 85, 86, 87, you know. A lot of people die in their seventies. It's, it's not, it's not new. This, you know, we're not busting out the Bible here. Where, uh, you know, in the Genesis they say they live yeah. for nine hundred years, which I'm pretty sure they just didn't tell time right. But that's a whole yeah. Father time. Abraham, he was like, <laughs> talk about being ancient or older than dirt. I think he was older than dirt. Uh, they made Abraham, then they made dirt. Yeah, and then we talk about some of this stuff and. <laughs> You have, you know, again, everything we talk about, it, it's not it's not good for anyone to die from COVID. We're not making light of it. We're not making fun of it. Just like it's not good for anyone to have dementia or Alzheimer's. 
But you see Joe Biden at the town hall. Dude, that was a hell of a segue. And My man. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Anderson Cooper is talking to him. And it felt like it was at least a minute. It wasn't a minute. It's probably 15 to 20 seconds. And Joe Biden is standing there with his fists clenched. It was the strangest thing ever. That's that's that is something that only people with dementia do. Can, so can I'm not ask, making light of it. That, well, but, I was just gonna say, does somebody does does somebody know like why he whispers real soft and wants to talk about a point and then starts yelling like crazy man? I don't understand. Like you see people what with dementia do, right? President. People with he dementia doesn't seem do like things like that. He doesn't seem like he knows where he is or what he's doing from moment to moment. And then I think that when he was on stage, clinched up, I think that he just had a moment of angst. So that's, know, that he, is that is literally a medical like a medical thing that uh, has has been proven that people with dementia do that. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the people that are behind our president ought to be ashamed and locked up for elder abuse. This guy is not on it. He looks like he should be somewhere enjoying his twilight years. Um, when I I read a story today that China basically said, we're going to do what we want and America can't do anything about it. We don't respect your leadership. Not even the last administration was this bad. That was today. I mean, if Xi Jinping is saying that, holy smokes. It was his parliament that said it. And, and his advisors, if they said it, you know what he thinks. So Joe's not all there. I mean, I understand that he probably serves a purpose. Um, and he was the the face of vote blue no matter who. But, you know, the president's not in control <laughs> of the situation. And if you have to build a whole separate White House soundstage lookalike for him to be <laughs> able to read off a teleprompter. I mean, <laughs> other stuff is not a joke, Jason, right? I mean, exactly what you're saying. So me and Chris have talked about this on previous episodes. The Chinese, they love it. The Russians, they love it because they know that if there's a puppet in the White House of the USA who's driving up energy costs, right, who's driving up the cost of goods that they are producing, all that does is put money in their pockets. And when you're in the leadership of a communist country, all the money funnels through you, right? Because that's how communism works. So they love that Joe Biden is in office. They love that COVID went rampant and that we could vote for decades up to the election, it seemed like. They loved it because if they they knew that if Joe Biden was in office, he was going to turn back all the regulations, turn back all these things, and make it so that they become more powerful because when these economic principles take effect that the Biden administration is doing, 
that means they now have more wealth and thus more power in the world economy, which is what it all boils down to. It's geopolitics at its finest. Absolutely. It, it doesn't get better from here until, uh, you know, we have different people in office. <clears throat> and the, the scary thing is how much more can go wrong between now and then. And Barack Obama said something that was very true. Not much he said that I agreed with, but this he was correct about. The American economy, uh, the society, the government is a tanker ship. It's not a dinghy. It doesn't turn on a dime. It doesn't stop on a dime. So while there's been a he was referring to Donald Trump being in office and changing things that people found distasteful. But currently, there are even more people pissed off about the changes having taken place since Biden's been in office. And what I will say to you is the, the country is not a dinghy. It doesn't turn on, turn on a dime. It doesn't stop instantaneously. It doesn't just turn around and go in reverse. Everything that is being done will change because it has to. There's too much at stake. There are too many people in control. There's too much money on the table for things to be allowed to just progress and go downhill as it is right now. Now, here I thought you were going to tell me that you agreed with the fact that Barack said, do not underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely said that. <laughs> and you see, I agree action. with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't think he meant the way that we we take it, but he definitely wasn't wrong. <laughs> there were a lot of um, jokes about Trump. There were a lot of, uh, they, you know, they called Obama big ears and all that. But since when have you ever heard of a president being compared to Beavis and Butthead? What can you, you know, say Jason, about that? I know Uncle Joe very, very well. And I have never seen a president compared to Beavis. I'll tell you well, that right now. The Cornholio thing happened. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he needs TP for his bunghole, but it's all on the the West Coast, not in the, in the boats waiting to be docked. There's a shortage. I, I thought he forgot to use it. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, I think that you know, if we just backtrack just a little bit, I think that DeSantis um, is poised to make Florida one of the rising stars for the next few generations if he is able to score uh bringing container ships to florida the jobs that come with that the commerce the taxes oh my god florida is going to become you know what detroit was before the 50s and um you know there will be no stopping that it will be the ultimate decline for california if they lose shipping it's amazing what sound economic principles can get you in the world there's a reason why people are leaving california and moving to states like florida that's it right i mean and then i know dayton this is a good one for you outside of economics i know you were getting a little fired up the other day right dave Chappelle, and getting canceled Oh, yeah. And all this crazy stuff. So I, 
Tim Kennedy, ex uh, Navy SEAL, I believe, uh, ex MMA fighter, or he still does some MMA, I believe. Uh, Tim Kennedy, I think, is awesome in all facets. And uh, it, it, when you see graphics like this, you know, he says Netflix employees are perfectly hap- happy with soft child pornography, but take issue with the stand up comedian, stand up comedian, comedian. Questioning the logic of wokeness. There's something wrong with Netflix. And he was talking about that documentary, Cuties, which kind of came and went, right? But now you have Dave Chappelle getting blasted by the liberal left and the woke mob about just the fact that he said, you know, for all intents and purposes, boys are boys and girls are girls. Live with it. Gender is a fact. That was his exact line. Yeah, and I mean, facts don't care about your feelings, right, Ben Shapiro? That's what, I don't know if he coined that or not, but that's where I heard it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he did. (laughs) I mean, it's a great line. Facts don't care about your feelings. And here, again, I think we might be seeing the turn, the the pushback. Because you got guys like Bill Maher, who have really been outspoken about the the craziness and the wokeness and the like that disease and but it might take a guy like dave Chappelle, quite frankly just does not care i mean he's already proven he's willing to walk away from stuff if it's not you know what he wants it to be and how it's done and let's face it the guy's a genius the guy's brilliant his sets are amazing you know, the, the guy is a true professional uh, in his craft. And you want to come at him? You know, like, good luck. Good luck. And maybe that that, that last bastion of comedy is, is what's going to take, you know, because that's what comedy is. You make fun of stuff. You don't like it? Don't listen to it. But it's not going to yep. stop. Right? Why would it stop? And and the best part about it is, and I love this. I absolutely love this because it's such uh, the right thing to do. These, in fact, it's the transgender world that's coming at him and like saying, you need to be cultured and you need to like understand us and all this other stuff. And he's like, you are not going to summon me. I'm open to conversation. But don't you dare think that you are going to summon me to come meet with you. Get the hell out of here with that. And I love them. I love it because that's what I would say. And that's what every rational person would say. So three cheers for Dave Chappelle. He's my man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it all comes back to the same same point that we talk about on the show all the time. The whole value of you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to be a transgender person, be a transgender person. Just don't make me believe that somehow your insides have become your outsides. Because it's just not true, right? Don't require me to adhere to whatever you want to be. Because if I look at you and you look like a man and I accidentally call it, call you sir but you want to be identified as a female well i'm sorry you look like a dude right i i 
I wasn't trying to offend you. But what else am I supposed to say? Hey, it. How can I help you? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what are you supposed you, to say in that scenario? What do you think, Jason? You, you know, have we lost our mind? Is Dave Chappelle going to be the champion for all of us to, like, get us back on track? I mean, we've already lost our minds, but. Well, you know, we lose it. We get it back. We lose it again. That's right. <laughs> that comes along with parenthood. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that laughing at things um, is what starts to break the ice. You have to be able to look at things from different perspectives and not take everything so personally. Mm-hmm. There, There is nothing new under the sun. Um, being, you know, straight, being a homosexual, being a cross-dresser, being transsexual, wh- whatever, there is nothing new under the sun. The only thing that's different now is how much um, we, we connect to different things and how many different data points we have that those things can reach us by. Um, we're living in the age where feelings matter more than facts and people's feelings are being used as a weapon to make anybody mm. else that does not agree with them shut up or die disappear into obscurity go off into oblivion i don't like you you're canceled because you hurt my feelings and really the reality is that you know folks that are that uptight have other problems in their lives and what happens in the media should be the least of their concerns they need to try to keep their own houses from burning down before they go around trying to cancel everybody. That's why there's so many crazy uh, liberal memes. And, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm politically agnostic. I don't care who I vote for as long as they have my concerns at heart. You know, if they're running on a platform that's going to, you know, improve my business, improve my standing in society, help my family, I'm going to vote for that person. I don't care what you subscribe to. I don't care if before you showed up to this rally, you got out of bed with your dog. I don't care. <laughs> it's not my business either. I don't want to know about it. Keep it to yourself. But, hey, I got a question. Yeah. Let me let me jump in. Jason, so just recently, John Gruden got fired for being the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And because of emails uh you know things he said in emails over a decade ago what's your take on that good bad stupid he he pissed the wrong person off um he (laughs) let he lost control of his professionalism whatever his feelings were about whoever he spoke about should not have been in anything written ever ever people are misunderstanding all of this uh these communication devices that we have and they're burning themselves down with them. You have to learn how to use restraint and and some common sense when you communicate with people because just like with him, as old as those emails are, this is this is who that man is. This is what he's done for some time. What happened was he probably stepped on the wrong person's toes and they said, "Okay, sure day. We're going to get you out of here and for these reasons. You're a racist." You know, I'm not saying that he is or isn't. I'm saying that he put himself in the position where he could not argue it. I mean, why would you yeah, ever well, send something in written form to a football team who now doesn't even have a mascot? I mean, come on. 
You mean the Redskins? <laughs> yeah, the Washington football team. Yeah, the, the Redskins. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I'm just you know that's the stuff that I just don't really get. Like, uh, aside from that, like, yeah, he wrote an email. Are we so butthurt and so sensitive that okay, his words now that grown men are going to be so shocked and hurt, and I'm so offended by what some guy said? Like, come on, when did when did that happen? When strong men made a prosperous society strong men create strong societies strong societies create weak men weak men create terrible societies terrible societies create strong men again and then the trend repeats itself everything is a cycle we're just at the end of this cycle rome is burning oh god well, that's, I think I think that's oh, the part God. that I take the most umbrage with is the fact that like these people seem to be so offended by uh, the most uh, idiotic things, which is just words. I mean, it's like Kevin Hart didn't get to do the Oscars. Why? Because of a, a tweet he made a decade ago. Who cares? Why are you crying about that? You don't have to agree with it. I'm not asking you to like retweet it. Or be like, show my love, my heart emoji, you know, like, oh, I love what you said. You don't have to. But why is that precluding people from having a job or a career? You're so hurt. Man, we got a big problem. I mean, I saw that one of the Oakland, or not the Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had to take the day off because Coach Gruden has said things that hurt them. That hurt them? You're a pro football player. You're going to go out there on the field and some dude is going to chop your knees out and like you're getting a concussion. Right. You uh, make millions of dollars on, a man. year. You are a professional athlete. You are in, you are the that, 1%. That, that cannot are... be the that cannot be the first time that someone has said something that has offended you. Not it's not, the first not time only that... that. But yeah, something that was from 10 years ago. It's the first time that someone said something to him that he could make them immediately go away. And the problem I have with that is, you know, what did Jim Brown have to hear in his locker room? What did he oh, hear out yeah. on the field? Come on, man. I mean, athletes nowadays, you know, and just in general, to not get too far off the topic, people are too soft. You know, people yeah. are too soft. I'm not saying that anybody should go out tomorrow and just slander somebody and that that person should just take it to prove that they're not a snowflake. But at the same time, everything hurts your feelings. Somebody says something that just upsets your apple cart so bad that you can't function anymore. Grow up, man. You get the average person, the average man makes thirty six to forty thousand dollars a year in the United States. If he gets his feelings hurt, he can't go home for work for the day. That's about. 180 to 200 bucks a day. How the hell can you go home? Because the boss said something that hurt your feelings. Just really throw upset. a pair. Get back on the field. You make millions of dollars. I'm so, I'm so hurt. I'm please. I'm so hurt. <laughs> I have a great story with it. I, I love hanging out with like the different parents and kids in the neighborhood. And then I have kids of my own. They're, they're all about the same age. 
and you know, kids, they're three, four years old. They start whining about something. And I look over, I go, Harper, rub some dirt on it. Get back in there. And then you just see this, this look of angst on the other parent's face. Like, oh my God, did he say Yeah, that? my kid is dirty. <laughs> yeah, I told my kid to be dirty. Yeah, I'm like, just shake it off. Come on, get back out there. If you Who cares? didn't break your legs, shake it off and yeah. go back and play. Who cares what so he it's said? It's like the... Get back it's in. That old That's how I grew up Chris too. Chris Rock bit. Chris Rock has a great bit about Robitussin. Everything you hurt, yeah. Robitussin. <laughs> you fell down, yeah. Robitussin. You broke your arm. Let's get you some tussin. We'll be fine. You know, it's a great bit. And but where's those days, man? Like these days, you're coddled, and then you next thing you know, you're sending in the social worker. What well, because. Kids go on robo trips now, so they, they they don't drink Robotussin to take care of what hurt them. They drink Robotussin to get high. So I mean, I mean, it is a little that, different. So, so. <laughs> you see that 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 whole thing is how I was raised. Like my mom was like, "If it ain't broke and you aren't bleeding, shut up. Like that you have nothing to be crying about. Just suck it up." That was that was how I grew up. So, or my favorite one as a kid. You want to cry? I give it something to cry. Yeah, about. I right. got that one oh, too. No. Nope. <laughs> That's I'm good. a legendary good. one. I'm good. I'm I'm going back out. That's a yeah. dad flex move. Right. <laughs> I help? put you in this world, kid. I'll take you out of it. <laughs> uh, that's that. That's almost like. Do you need a real insurrection to know the difference? Ooh. <laughs> Just think about Ooh. that. Got that, Commander Walls. Wow, Commander Dayton. Sweet. It's been a great show. Hey, last thing I'm going to say is all I can all I can think of is you know, uh, college stadiums all across the country keep chanting, "Let's go, Brandon," which just must identify as something else. <laughs> I don't know what else that phrase is identifying as, but I think it identifies as something else. And it's uh, hashtag FJB. If you know, you know. So there you go, Commander Walls, over and out, Commander Pulliam. Until next time, my man. What a great show. Ten four, everybody. My pleasure. Go in grace under his eye.